Welcome to Spillin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing, sir? The season is here. Practice has started on October 22nd. Are you ready for it, sir? I am ready for it. We have waited a long time. It's felt like an especially long and arduous offseason, but we can finally say the basketball season is here. And, of course, with the season comes back, the rankings, the rankings that we all know and love, top 10 teams, 16 classifications across boys and girls across the state. And today we have our first iteration of the rankings that will change week to week all the way through February and the hunt for the championship, the preseason rankings. But before we get to that call, we'd like to thank our Spielin' and Dealin' sponsors, Sportal Space. That is true, and it is going to be going down December 8th. We need a sponsor still. Come on board. December 8th, Douglasville, Georgia at South Paulding High School. The Sportal Showcase tips off the 2019 season. The Sportal Showcase pits north versus south as big schools and small schools get a chance to compete like none other before and put their programs on the big stage. We open up at noon with Monday's Mill led by Jordan Black and Raekwon Brown against the host South Paulding Spartans and all-region guard Cam Armstrong, who just picked up an offer from Columbia State. Also, we have Class 2A powers at 2 p.m. Savannah's Woodville Tompkins going up against Chattooga Indians out of Somerville, Georgia, paced by Nuke Adams, a little man that has a big-time game at 4 o'clock. We have two Final Four teams. Class A Privates, Eagles Landing Christian Academy goes up against Grayson. A lot of good guards in that one. So if you are a college team, this is a game to circle. A lot of good players that are going to be playing at the next level. But don't forget about 6.30 coffee. 6A quarterfinalists led by two All-State forwards, Jace Mora, a wing, and then 6'7", Georgia Southern commit Mackenzie McFadden going up against Campbell, who made a trip to the Elite Eight in Class 7A. Terrell Burden, Brandon Derevine, and 6'6", Drew Thomas, who moves in from Whitfield Academy. Got a chance to see him play recently. I think he is going to be a major help for Coach James Gwynn. And then lastly, at 8.30, couple small schools again we got jeff davis the reigning region 2a champions coming up to play with jacques kirby a top 100 recruit going to be a junior against a 2020 trio from franklin county micah roebuck leads that group so december 8th south paulding high school the sportal showcase don't miss it small schools big schools all around the state of georgia coming to collide at south paulding high school And now let's talk about those small schools and big schools on the preseason boys' state rankings. We'll start in Class 7A. All of this is up on the interwebs, Kyle. Lots of words. I think you said, what, 18,000 words when it was all said and done? Something like that, yes. Many, many words, 18 pages worth. So uh, if you want to know what's going on in the state of Georgia, like we've been doing for, I guess we're going on about four years now, there's nowhere else to go but sandyspiel.com, and you can also find that at sportal.us where it will be posted first. But, yes, a lot of information that is over. Uh, we got 80 teams, boys, previewed in. In Class 7A, Ramin, 
Um, it's the usual suspects at the top of the poll with Norcross opening up at number one. I got them ahead of McEachern. They beat McEachern down last year in the Elite Eight, beat him by 20 points. That was pretty big right there. Uh, kind of swung the uh, balance of power a little bit. Uh, and then Norcross, they had, uh, we already know about what they had with Brandon Boston and Kyle Sturdivant going to Southern California, but the late, off-season movement of Daniel, Daniel Ramsey, a six foot eight uh, Xavier commit, he kind of pushes Norcross over the top against McEachern. Kyle, we had a question on Twitter about presumably Class Seven A, and he, uh, Matthew Bugs writes, "I like the top four, but can you give us a quick rundown of why these teams placed where they did from four to one?" Yes, I can do that. Bugs, a, a big time Grayson supporter. So he's got a horse in the race, number four Grayson, who will be at the Sportal Showcase. Aforementioned Sportal Showcase. But Norcross, I mean, I, I just touched on those guys a little bit. Brandon Boston is a five star guy. They have, you know, probably arguably the deepest team in the state with all these movements that come in year to year and they develop some guys too. But when you got a guy like Kevon Eskridge coming off the bench, bombing threes, um, Caleb Murphy, who's starting to really develop, hasn't seen huge varsity minutes yet, but a guy that's picked up some Division One offers. Uh, but I got them over McEachern, uh, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, they beat them by 20 points last year. And now I know McEachern is retooled, but I think uh, losing Babatunde Akibola to Auburn, uh, I think that's going to hurt them a lot defensively. Now they got uh, Christian Brown coming in, who is uh, a high flyer, going to help them out offensively. They're going to be able to play very fast. And he's going to be all over the court. But I like Norcross a little bit more. I think Jesse McMillan has proven uh, he can get the job done in the state tournament. And he, he he's a coach with a lot of big game experience. Uh, but that, that late moving from Daniel Ramsey, that's why I got them ahead of McEachern. Now looking at three and four. Uh, Meadow Creek, the defending state champions, they won it last year with defense. But now you have uh, Amari Kelly and Corey Hightower. Those guys are at the college level. So they dipped into that Stackhouse Elite Pipeline, and they picked up some really good guards. And you win with guards usually at the high school level. So they're going to be right in the thick of things. But I think they're going to be more shifted offensively than they were last year where it was really their defense that won games. Uh, but they got some good guys coming in, UAB commit, Jalen Benjamin, a small guard. Damian Dunn, a six foot four Temple commit now. And you, you pair them with Jameer Chaplin, who's going to South Florida. So that's a really good backcourt. Uh, a couple long defenders there outside of Benjamin, the small point guard. Uh, so that is why I have Meadow Creek right there. And right behind them, number four Grayson, who, you know, has been to the Final Four in back-to-back seasons. Now, Grayson gets it done without really that star power. And at the highest level in the state of Georgia, usually – you're going to have to have a, a big time killer that is, you know, a, a big time recruit. Even if you want to say Tiff County didn't have it when they beat uh, Norcross two years ago, they still did have PJ Horn, who is at Virginia Tech right now, and that is an ACC player. Uh, Grayson, as far as seniors go, I don't think they have any. ACC players now Davon Smith might develop into something pretty good but he's just going to be a junior so Grayson doesn't have the major superstar high major players but that is such a deep team that coach Pierce has uh, with the big guys inside Ian Shefflin uh, Tajay Kelly Kenyon Jackson if he's playing six foot six uh, Texas A&M wide receiver so I think Grayson is going to get it done with more of a, a team approach not really a, a star ball uh, type lineup they're just going to share the ball and a couple guys are going to get you 12 10 points a night 
whereas these other three teams, they do have those guys where they can throw it out there and say, hey, I got a high major player, you don't. Grayson does not have that, but Grayson is still just as good as these guys, and I think they can really compete. Now, will they get over the hump and win a state championship? I don't know about that because they don't have that high major superstar, but I think Grayson is a really good team, and that's why I have the number four. Kyle, you mentioned it earlier, the rest of Class 7A are rounded out by the usual suspects, but the top 10 is a top 10. Only 10 teams can be there, but who was just on the cusp or a sleeper team if you want to look at it that way in Class 7A? Yeah, you know, 7A, it's usually not as much. Now, we saw it last year with, I guess it was Region 6, where all those teams were beating each other up, and it was really good. This year, it, it might take a week or two, maybe three weeks, maybe even a first month to see how the the landscape evolves. Now, Newton, of course, with uh, Ashton Hagen's leaving for Kentucky, you would think they're going to drop off uh, severely, but Rick Rasmussen always has those guys winning 20-plus games, so that's a team that might not be ranked right now, but don't be surprised to see them really giving Grayson a run for their money in Region 8 with Armani Harris inside. Uh, still got great shooters, Tyrese Brown, the rest of the gang over there, Trey Clark. Uh, they, they have some talent over there, and that's a team that's used to winning. So um, Newton, now they might not be ranked right now, but I, I think that's a team that is going to be a, a very good team and a thorn in the side of Grayson and other teams in that Region 8. And as far as sleepers go, I don't know if you could classify them as a sleeper, but Campbell, they did make it to the Elite 8 last year. Um, you know, Donovan Grant, their t- one of their top scorers, their best outside shooter. He, you know, he ended up transferring and – going to the skill factory and you know who knows what will happen with his recruitment and uh you know he kind of switched everything up but uh he decided to leave but Campbell still with Terrell Burden about a 5'9 point guard that can play above the rim checked him out when we were doing uh, some prep work for the Sportal Showcase he is very talented I will match him up against pretty much any guard in the state of Georgia he will give them fits he is very quick and he can really pass the ball uh, I like him a lot, Brandon Derivine, uh Another about six foot four and a half, six foot five, inside outside forward, strong body, knows how to compete, can rebound. I like him, but uh, you know, Drew Drew Thomas, six foot six, transferring in from Whitfield Academy. He was very impressive when I watched some workout. Now he is he's a smooth 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 forward on the perimeter. Another guy that can do it inside and out, and especially when you're in seven A. If you're getting deep into the playoffs, you know you you win with guards, but you're going to see some big time athletes with six foot five wings and you know six seven wings, and you need some that can match up with that physically and uh, uh, athletically. And I think Drew Thomas can really fit the bill. And one last player I was pleasantly surprised with was Cam Sutherland, a guy I, I believe he's going to be entering his senior season. He was uh, he was very impressive. He's just uh, you know. Probably about six one, six two guard, but he plays above the rim, uh, a strong body, and uh, Coach James Gwynn, he's going to put those guys in a good position. So Campbell would be another team that's maybe on the border of being a sleeper slash a team that was right right on the fringe of making it in there. Uh, but if you're looking for a real sleeper, uh, a team that I don't think they're going to make the top ten this year. They might be still a year away, but Cherokee over here in Cherokee County, they they have a, a very nice core of a lot of young guys coming in. 
Uh, Cherokee County has a great freshman class coming in, and a lot of those guys are going to Cherokee. Now, they finished 8-17 and 17 last year, but Roger Quam has a lot of talent. They had the, I believe he was a Class 7A freshman of the year, Tyland Owens, a big six foot four, you know, point guard, two guard, can play with the ball or off the ball. Very good player. If he continues to develop, he could really have a Division One future because uh, he's just got that blessed with that big body and can really play. Zach Vickers is a very quality six foot four, six foot five um, post presence. Going to be a junior, and then they also have Johnny Sweeney, who's going to be a sophomore now, a six foot seven uh, post player who has really shown that he can knock down the corner three and has developed some, uh, you know, off the dribble uh, offense. So Johnny Sweeney could be a, a very big player, and they got some other guys in the mix there. Elijah Tucker, another big six foot four forward. So there is a very young nucleus for the Warriors over there at Cherokee. Now it's probably still a year away. They only graduate one senior from last year's team. Probably a year away from trying to be in the discussion for a top 10 team, but they are building a lot of talent over there in Canton. Kyle, let's take you down to Class 6A, and it seems like you remain steadfast in two things. You really like that Region 5 in Class 6A, and you remain high on Decula. Yep, yep, that is uh, that is true. I mean, Class uh, – Region five and class six A, that is that's that's where the championship has been won. We got Alexander opening up number one. I think CJ Hawkins moving in as a six foot five powerful another i've been saying it a lot already inside out presence more of a slasher and a rebounder but he can knock down the occasional three-point shot he's going to help out a lot but malik battle transferring in from douglas county he was phenomenal every time i watched him play this summer just a great six foot two combo guard scores the ball shoots it extremely well i think he is playing his way onto radars as a division one prospect you got brady spence already in the mix there but you look at number three tri-cities a lot of transfer coming in Demetrius Reeves comes in uh, Demarcus Johnson has already been there uh, a very talented scorer uh, Alex Bean back in the mix brings uh, some six foot six length for coach Forts uh, so they, I mean they got a lot of talent over there as well and then Langston Hughes they had a transfer that I found out about that came in from Whitfield Academy um, he gives them some more length at six foot seven I think PJ Carter is gonna find a way to make this his team they still have Tyrell Morgan there too, so they got a lot of long, long length on the perimeter lengths and use. But there's some, there's some pretty good sleepers too that I think could come out of there. Now South Paulding was nine and seventeen last year. That's a defensive minded team that's going to give some teams some fits uh, with a, an experienced bunch now. But a team that I was very impressed with was New Manchester. They got Demijohn Tops, who's about. Five foot eleven, but is a, a walking highlight factory. He's only going to be a junior, I believe. Extremely talented, one of those, you know, better guards in the state you might not have heard about yet. Um, they, they have Bragg, a, a three point shooter on the outside. Jordan Bragg, a lefty, really fills it up from deep, and, and they just got a, a lot of a lot of talent. Nyon Ashley, a six foot five, bouncy forward inside. So they got a big three that can really score the ball. Now the rest of the team, we have to remain to be seen. X and O's will they be put in the right position? We will see. But those are three really good players for New Manchester that I think can make uh, make a little bit of noise in Region Five. They're going to be in the hunt for that third or fourth spot. They're going to have to get some bounces to go their way, but just looking at them as an individual talent, you got a three-point shooter in Bragg, you got a 6'5 athlete in Ashley, 
and then Tops is just a, a scoring dynamo that is just uber athletic. I really like that three. And I asked it for Class 7A. I'll ask it again for Class 6A. Are there any just on the cusp or any teams that you think have a shot at making a run a bit later in the season into the top 10? Uh, I think Monday's Mill has a opportunity with Jordan Black, six foot seven, Raekwon Brown. I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of up, upside as a six foot five wing, uh, super long, great shot blocker. Um, sometimes it looks like he has it in cruise control because he's a laid back kid, but when he's fully engaged, he can really play. Uh, you can see both those guys in the Sports Showcase. But they got um, Demarcus Fannin moved in, a, a wide body, six foot four, six foot five post presence, who really rounds out that attack. Mason Pierre over there, so I really like what they have going on over there at Mundy's Mill. Athletes, a lot of transfers that come in gives Coach Dwight Callaway a lot of depth. If Mundy's Mill can piece it all together, they can be a very, very good team. I think coming out of Jonesboro. Now down to Class 5A, Kyle, the top half we were talking about before the show, maybe not so much happening, although we mentioned it in an earlier podcast, or maybe I should say alluded it to be more accurate, alluded to it, excuse me, but Southwest Cab debuts at number one over number two, Buford. Um, pretty chalk the rest of the top five, but maybe in the bottom five, some teams that haven't been in the top ten so much last season. Yeah, a lot changes, and you just mentioned it. Southwest Cab, they're number one because they, you know, Miller Grove's best two players, uh, Terrence Edwards and then um, Maurice Harvey, they they transfer over to Southwest Cab and they jump ship on Coach Chester and the gang at Miller Grove. So Miller Grove is not in the top ten to start the year, and I don't know what what the numbers are on this, but when has the last time when is the last time Miller Grove is not open in the top ten, let alone being maybe number one or number two? But I don't have them in the top ten unless they have some tranches that moved in. But I'm looking at the production right now. Maurice Harvey, their leading scorer, Region Five Player of the Year, he's gone. He transferred to Southwest Cab in the region. Lorenzo Anderson, second leading scorer graduated. Terrence Edward was the third leading scorer. We just mentioned he's gone to Southwest Cab. The two big men, Jermon Clark, Kevin Page, graduated. TJ Stargett graduated. So the returning leading scorer, according to Max Preps right here, is Zaire Green, who is going to be a sophomore. He averaged a whopping 0.7 points per game. Second leading scorer, 0.3 points per game. Another uh, rising sophomore and then their third leading scorer another rising sophomore who averaged 0.2 points per game you only got three guys coming back on this team everyone else has departed there's no way that i could put miller grove in there like i said unless people transferred in and you know these young talent they can they can develop into something really good but especially in Region 5, where you're seeing Lithonia, you're seeing Southwest Decad, you're seeing the likes of Columbia, who has seen transfers, you know, depart, and they've been maybe a little bit watered down this year, but I, I can't put Miller Grove in the top 10 with, you know, only three players coming back with extremely limited varsity experience, and they're only going to be sophomores. So, believe it or not, we haven't said this in years and years and years, but this is 110% a rebuilding year for Miller Grove with everything I know they have coming back, which is not much. That's why Miller Grove is not in the top 10, and that is very surprising. We'll see how long it takes for them to get back on the saddle. But right now, a lot of unproven guys, a lot of young guys, probably talented guys, 
but they're going to really have to cut their teeth and get thrown into the fire and see what happens this season. Briefly, in the uh, bottom half of Class 5A, number 7, Columbia, number 8, Stars Mill, number 9, Woodland, Stockbridge, number 10, Carrollton. Hit on those four teams for me, Kyle. Yes, so I'll start at the bottom. Um, You know, with that late transfers of those guys from Miller Grove, it kind of shifted things a lot. But Carrollton, a team that, you know, 15 and 11 last year, did not have Coach Criswell uh, for the entire season after he got into a scary biking accident. He's uh, one of the best coaches in West Georgia. But they have two really good juniors that I liked over the summer, Marcellus Lockett and Melvin Edwards. Those two are very good. Now, Region 7 might be getting a little bit better. Villarica should take a step down after um, winning 20-plus games. Kale has a very talented uh, young group, a lot of freshmen, though, so Kale might be a year away from uh, challenging for that uh, Region 7. But Carrollton, with those two guys, I-, I like them a lot. Number 9, Woodland Stockbridge, another team. We don't really know. Jalen Mason, who transferred away from Miller Grove last offseason to Woodland, um, he might not be playing basketball this year, and he was like their second leading scorer. Uh, he might be focusing on football this year. So if he's not playing, that's that's a that's a big hit for Woodland, even though they do have a Curtis Purdue who led the team in scoring at 13 points per game. Um, they're going to be searching for another option if Mason's not playing. So that, that goes into the uh, uncertainty. Stars Mill. They get a big boost with um, Jermaine Mann transferring in from Eagles Land Christian Academy. That gives them a workhorse uh, go-to post player. He's going to team up with six foot seven Nate Allison inside. Allison, uh, I've only seen him play once, but the one time I saw him play, he he did play way too much on the perimeter. Really took away from his size advantage. Um, if he can, you know, fit into that offense and they use him, you know, fifteen feet and in with the occasional stepping outside. Um, we'll see, but Allison and uh, man, that's a very strong physical two big men inside. And then you got Julian Lynch, who is a 12 point per game score. And then lastly, Columbia, you just mentioned it. Uh, they they lost a lot. Josh Taylor transferred to Greensboro Day. That hurts them. RJ Nord transferred to Green Force. Jordan Wiggins, who played sparingly to Heritage Conyers. So all that's left is a couple guys that have seen some sparing minutes here and there, but they're coming to that, that age where it's time to step up. Devin Longstreet, I believe, is still there. Daquan Harris, a big six foot seven post player. And then six foot four, it looks like sophomore Laurent Thomas. Uh, this should be his team. I heard he had a very nice summer, a very good passer, a big point guard. Uh, it, it will be his team. We'll see what else comes through the doors of Columbia, but, uh, you know. Dr. McCrary, uh, it has not just been roses since he's come back. It's been very difficult to uh, really take back over and build Columbia back up into a perennial power. Uh, So we'll see how he does with a young team this season. We'll keep it moving down to Class 4A, Kyle. And um, not a lot of surprises, let's call it. Ups and Lee, St. Pius, Sandy Creek. Westover, Woodward Academy round out your top five and um, all teams that made deep, deep runs into the state playoffs last year. Yeah, again, it's, you know, not not a lot has changed in Class 4. I'm not picking anyone to beat up until someone proves they can do it in Class 4. St. Pius um, is going to have a lot of guys step up this year, especially Riley Costas. I thought he was really good when I saw him play uh, late in the summer. Got a great point guard in Matt Gonzalez that's won a lot of games and just a really good nucleus. So 
If it's ever going to happen, it might be this year for St. Pius, especially with that that freshman Chase Cormier coming in, who's supposed to be a, a big time three point shooter and has a chance to become one of the the best players in school history. Is all the hype I've been hearing. If everything works out for him, he's very talented guard. So um, we already know about Upson Lee, St. Pius, right there. Sandy Creek again. Looking at them on paper, TJ Bickerstaff going to Drexel. He really came on strong last year. If he takes his game to the next level again this year. Um, Sandy Creek's going to have a lot to say, but you know his 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 supporting cast is young outside of um, Mr. Julian Alexander, who got hurt, uh, you know, late in the summer. But he's got some some help there. Jabari Smith and uh, Deshaun Proctor; those are two younger guys, though. But uh, Jabari Smith, he's you know about six foot nine, six foot ten, skilled big guy. Got to get more physical inside. Um, you know, but that just comes with age, knowing that you can you can block some shots inside and don't have to be on the perimeter as much. But he's a very skilled guy that has a really really good future. Uh, so Sandy Creek uh, ha- has a lot of talent. And then the addition of Keith Williams, the third, he moves in from Noonan, where he averaged 16 points per game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he fits in into the Patriots offense. And then number four, I guess we'll wrap it up for you was uh, Westover, who's been knocking on the door of trying to be. A, a state title contender, but they got to get out of the second round. They had not been able to do that, and until they do that, you know, it's just okay. Westover, they're a very good team, but come state playoffs, you got to, you know, it's it's put up or shut up time. They got to go deep into the state playoffs this year, and they had the core to do it. They got Jordan Brown, they got AJ Jackson transferred in from Father Lopez in Florida, who's just a great, 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 great athlete, the best dunker in the state. So they got a lot there. Uh, in place but they're just going to have to prove that they can play uh, and do it get the job done in February but um, you know one one team I want to mention who is I'm probably jumping your gun here but Salem is a team that people ask where is Salem they finished 21 and 7 last year Uh, they pushed uh, ups and lead to the brink they gave them probably their best game in the state playoffs lost 53 44 so Salem very good team Coming out of, uh, I believe that is Region 4, that's a very good team. But the only reason why they did not open in the top 10 to start with, you know, and I was debating with them and America Sumter at the bottom of the poll, who do I put there, who do I put there? Salem was very good last year, but they lose their grown men. They lose Tawan Powell, who was 6'5", you know, super strong. They lose Tobias uh, Long, another huge 6'5", physically college-ready body. They lose Jalen Reynolds, a, a big six foot five, six foot six space eater inside. So Salem was a very good team, but they lose three grown men that made them, you know, not a great team because they did not capture a state championship, but a legitimate state championship contender. Uh, they just ran into Upson Lee at the wrong time, but that was a huge nucleus. Those three big bodies. Now they're going to have to replace those guys. And I, I think they'll be able to do that. Coach uh, Gerard Davis can do that because he has two really good guards that are coming back. Montez Swan averaged over 12 points per game. He will be there. Uh, he is uh, extremely important for them. 
Uh, and he's going to be joined with uh, Lance Smith, who played very well um, just recently, I heard, at the uh, hoop scene event, the fall preview. He's been very good. He's, uh, they said, all gas, no breaks. He flies around, plays defense, can get to the rim. So you got Swan and Smith. You got a chance with those two guards right there. But the guy that is going to really have to round out that attack and be that third scoring option, I think, is going to have to be Jeremiah Benson. Going to be a junior, a very good three-point shooter. Um, so if, if he comes into form, that's three really good guards that should keep Salem playing at a very high level. I just question, once it gets into a, a grinded-out big physical game, where are your difference makers coming when you don't have all those big physical six-foot-five, six-foot-six bodies that really w- let you play a physical style with Ups and Lee and let you hang, hang around in that game without those guys um, you know, you need some X factors, but it's going to be heavy lifting for Swan and Smith. We'll see who fills in to support that cast. If you were a betting man, Kyle, who would your money be on for the first team to knock off Ups and Lee in Class 4A? Oh, uh, oh boy. I would have to look at their schedule. I mean, I don't know about their non-region schedule, but just in, in state playoffs and region. Yeah, just overall. Uh, that is, um, you know, that, that, it, I think that's going to depend on how the brackets lay out, but everything's pointing. I think that the two teams with the, the best shot at possibly doing it is still going to be St. Pius and Sandy Creek. I think those teams do have the two best chances of being able to contend with them. Um, you know, Mary Persons put together a, a pretty record last year, but every time they saw Ups and Lee, they just got absolutely thumped. Um if you're looking in the region, if I had to pick a team in the region to maybe not beat them but have the best shot at beating them or hang, hanging around, Perry was 15-11 and 11 last year, and uh, they have some, some guys coming back. They lose a couple players, but if they have uh, B.J. Wright, if he is, you know, if he has all his off-the-court issues, all, you know, whatever, if he's able to stay at school the entire time, I think he had to drop out or drop off the team last year because of some issues. He might be next in Middle Georgia would be a big time player. Six foot seven, you know, can play pretty much every position on the floor. Six foot seven, more of a small forward, um, can take over games, big physical guy. Uh, he is super talented. If he has his head on straight, it might not be this year for Perry to beat Ups and Lee. But if Perry can keep right in the fold and he can continue to develop his game and he can get some supporting help and he can, uh, you know, just continue to mature as a young adult, Perry has a really good one in Brenton B.J. Wright. Down to 3A, you have GAC at number one. They certainly have the pedigree with eight championship, eight state championships under the belt. Um, do you think they're really in a class above everybody else in 3A this year, Kyle? I don't know if I would say they're in a class above everybody else because what it did take them about 13 threes to knock off Morgan County last year in the uh, in the final four I believe it was uh, but uh, you know it's hard to pick against GAC especially if um, Chris Hinton is still playing the big Michigan defensive lineman who's just nimble feet rebounds moves people out of the way does all the dirty work you already know about Hunter McIntosh one of the best point guards in the state of Georgia. Um, uh, we we have Belmont commit Ben Shepard who is six foot four and he's going to get even better and better his senior season. Roy Dixon is that third unsung hero, very good uh, nucleus right there. 
Uh, they got transfer Lamar Randolph who can shoot the three ball, and they also have a Peyton Aiken, six foot five, a, a forward from West Forsyth that steadies that attack. But Tony Morgan County, they they lose some of their you know their their size, but they replace that with Nolan Coswell who is extremely raw he's not going to be an impactful player but you can throw him out there he can alter a couple shots maybe score a couple layups inside because he is six foot eight and six foot six malik crawford has been rumored to transfer in from monticello they've been working on getting him eligible it remains to be seen whether he is going to be at morgan county or not it's in flux i've been hearing different things but if he is there he would help out a ton but everything starts with tyron lawrence alec woodard who's going to austin p and steven green a uh, great backcourt uh all seniors know how to win games at a very high clip but the last thing we want to talk about is number three jonathan savannah you know, Shamar Jones, 19 points per game. Amandre Bulls, 10 points per game. But they got an influx of talent that came in after the Adam Smashers were supposed to only have about three players left uh, on that roster that went 26-3 uh, and three last year. But they got Brandon Brandon Harris coming in, six foot six, a lot of offers. Lamont Sam, six eight, six foot seven, Jalen Deloach. But, you know, Johnson on paper, they might be one of the most talented teams in the entire state in Class 3A, but it's all going to come down to will these new players fit into their roles? Will they be happy with their shot attempts? Will Coach Campbell be able to make everybody play together as a team? they got to get that chemistry. If they can get that, Johnson's going to be a very dangerous team. Do you have any sleepers for Class 3A, Kyle? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to stay in Savannah. I don't know if they're a sleeper or not. They they were a big disappointment last year. They finished 15 and 10. They should have made the state playoffs. They lost to Beach 85-78. Was a very bad loss. But Windsor Forest, I, I've been told, you know, looking at them last year, they they looked like maybe the best team in uh, Savannah last year, which is going six seven six 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 five six five. They had a lot of big players, a lot of big boys. Now they graduate, um, you know, a lot of that nucleus. But Zimbabwe Fields averaged 14 points per game and five assists as a junior. He will be back. And they got a rising sophomore in Shamar Norman, averaged nine points per game. So that is a very good backcourt between those two right now. Uh, we got to see who else is going to step up and really fill that void uh, left behind by guys like Ben Mitchell. Um, you know, they had the big guy Lamont Page, another big guy Donovan Lewis, some you know imposing inside presences. We got to see who fills out that role. But uh, Fields and Norman are, are two pretty good guards down there in Savannah. We'll, we'll see what they can do and if they can get into the state tournament. Take us down to your favorite classification of them all, Class 2A, with uh, possibly some might call a little shakeup at the top of the rankings. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, Farrell is, I, I think they're the team to beat. They are just great talent. They all play super high level all throughout the summer. Uh, on really good teams. I mean, Thurl's been plucked, uh, getting all their best players pulled away from them over the past years. They even lose DeAndre Brown, which really hurts them. But Roman's son, I think he is ready to really take the reins, just absolutely control this offense for Coach Johnson and really make them go. He knows when to score. He knows when to pass. Very good point guard, just cat quick. I, I love I love what I saw from him, especially at Sportal Exposure. He can really play. I think Sun's going to have a big year. But, you know, you got the Class 2A freshman of the year comeback for his sophomore season. Robbie Armbrest, just a bruising 11-10 and 10 guy. 
Uh, just such a strong athlete, just nonstop on the boards. Cameron Fortson still there, but the X factor, Rashawn Frederick, six foot five, junior wing. He was at Sportal Exposure too. He was outstanding. I think if he puts it all together, like I saw him do over the summer in that camp setting, he could be a big time player with all state level talent. I really like him. And then, you know, I'll, I'll just quickly touch on number two, Woodville Tompkins up from Class A Public. They'll be at the Sportal Showcase. Preston Crisp, Charleston Willingham, Bernard Pelote. They are going to be playing a very tough schedule. Uh, I like Woodville. That's a team that has a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be playing, looking to win. They want to prove uh, that that 25-4 and four season was not a fluke. They're going out there. They're traveling to, to uh, different events to really test themselves and get ready. They're going to be playing in a, uh, you know, a pretty difficult region. Uh, I guess that's um, Region 2 now, if I'm not mistaken. So they're going to be jumping into a tough Tough region with Swainsboro, who we have ranked in the top ten. I believe they're at number seven. You got Metter, who's at number five. Jeff Davis, the reigning uh, champions with Jaquez Kirby. They graduate a lot, but they still have a you know a big time you know mid major to potentially high major recruit in the wings at six foot six. So uh, that region two is going to be fun to track the entire time. And Woodville Tompkins is really going to try and throw a monkey wrench into that and make a, a, a big time impact and announce their presence in Class 2A in year one. Let's keep it moving down to Class A Private, where last year, kind of interesting, a lot of parity for a lot of teams. This year, though, we have a new team from the GICAA, GISA. Um, and I don't know if I want to call it an experiment, but Mount Bethel Christian, who seems so dominant over there, now joins Class A Private in the GHSA. And you are confident that they can show up and perform in year one. Yes, yes, they they should be able to. They they played uh, a lot of GHSA schools last year and held their own very well. Now they're going to be going back and forth with St. Francis. That's going to be a great battle in Region 6, uh, Subregion B. Uh, Jordan Mecca, a big shot blocker. I like what he can do around the basket. I know a lot of other people have told me still raw offensively, but what I saw um, you know, it wasn't against the best competition, but he seemed more than competent to uh, really stand out against a, a very, you know, a vast majority of, of high school teams. It can be a, a big time presence. Coleman Boyd, a, a big guard, can force it a little bit offensively sometimes, but most of the time he, he's looking to pass and does a nice job of it. Chase Harrison. Uh, average close to 15 points per game at Fellowship Christian, a small little guard. But uh, Stanley Ease, I think he is the most important piece. He is nonstop rebounding, slashing, defense, can hit some you know 15-footers offensively uh, from the outside. I think he is the, the ultimate glue guy that is very productive, and he's going to make Mount Bethel Christian a, a very tough team. And I, I just want to touch on the GISA coming in, number six, Trinity Christian. They were 9-1 and one against GHSA last year, highlighted with wins over Woodward Academy, Holy Innocence, and GAC, who won the state championship. Now, they graduate a lot, but Brady Burnett, very good inside-out threat. Um, and they got a six foot seven kid from the Dominican national team, apparently, Gian- Giancarlo Bastinoni. Uh, that's probably uh, as, as best I can do on that name, but uh, he should be a, a pretty uh, pretty talented player, and they're in that tough region five of Green Forest, Elka, and Holy Innocence. There's a lot of talent uh, that is accumulating in that region right over there. Do you think Class A Privates can be one of the better ones as a classification to watch on the boys' side this year? I think it's going to be a lot better than last year, Ramin. Uh, I think last year we, we you know, we were 
you know, shuffling chairs. We kind of knew the top two, three, or at the very most, like, okay, we know these teams are pretty good, but literally five through 10 was changing every single week. We win this time. We lose this time. This team's 19 and nine. This team's 16 and five, 16 and 10, whatever. You know, it went back and forth, back and forth, really fluctuated. I think we're going to have a lot more stability this year, especially at the top. Now, St. Francis has been hurt by some transfers, uh, but I think they're still a very good team. Um, and that's why I have them ranked number one with Dwan Odom. Uh, it's a shame that they've been having a lot of guys transfer out. But Jordan Brown, if he's still there, the freshman, he is going to be a big-time impact player, can really take uh, some of that scoring burden off uh, C.J. Riley from the outside and Odom. So he's going to be a big help. And quickly, I want to touch on two teams that were close to making the top ten that I think will have a – you know, a little bit of a say uh, come the season, and that would be Stratford Academy and Lakeview Academy. Stratford, of course, they got the Mississippi State commit and um, Devin Butts. I just worry about who is his supporting cast going to be. Christian Palmer should be a senior with him as well. Jaden Harris, though, who was, uh, you know, all-region player as a freshman, he transferred out. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, onus on Butts to score every single game. And in Region 7, I mean, if you're not running double teams at Butts nonstop and face-guarding him and making sure he's not having the ball in his hands, uh, you're crazy. That would be what I would do, try to limit his touches at all means and make him run around screens all day and try and get him tired because he's just – if he gets any breathing room, he's going to knock down threes. He's going to be tough to cover. I just worry about who else will help him out. So that's why I have Stratford, you know, right on the press of the top 10 didn't want to put them in there um, right away I want to see how they do to see who that number two option is and then Lakeview Academy a team that's always very good uh, can really bomb the three-point shots and that's going to be led by Blake McIntyre a great three-point shooter Adam Cottrell another senior is going to be there Arturo Varela uh, brings them some undersized post presence uh, but you know with Cottrell and McIntyre and then KJ Millwood who's seen some big minutes over a couple seasons if Cottrell and McIntyre get hot and knock down those three-point shots, I think Lakeview can put a scare into you know some of the best teams in Class A private. And last but not least, our eighth and final classification on the boys' side that we are going to cover on Spielman and Dealing today. It's Class A public and some familiar names throughout um, for maybe fans new to Class A public who didn't see what happened last year. Give us a rundown, Kyle. You know, Wilkinson County has to open up as a number one team, even though maybe they don't look like the best team on paper uh, year in and year out these past two years. But uh, until a team proves they can beat Wilkinson County when it matters in February, I, I can't like, you know, I can't pick against them, especially Jalen Lamar flirted with transferring out. He stayed there. He's their best player. He's back. They have a new head coach in Xavier Whipple. Um uh, so I, you can't pick against Wilkinson County, but uh, I want to touch on Drew Charter, number four Drew Charter, a rare Atlanta public school uh, that can really play, and they they were good. They lost to Wilkinson in Sweet 16, 74-53, but they they are led by a, a talented uh, senior senior group, and that's going to be Marcus Foster, Asher McGee. They got two good ones right there, about six or four on both those guys that can play anywhere from the you know Foster more of a, a two guard, not really a one, uh, but anywhere from that two to three position. You know, good, good swingman. Asher McGee could probably play two to a four if needed, uh, but a six foot five guy, Solomon Adams, he has some nice tools and can really help out. Uh, for coach james williams so drew charter um 
a really good up-and-coming program with those two guys. I think they have a chance to really make some hay. Now, they're not going to have a super sexy record uh, probably because he's going to go out. He's scheduling a lot of good teams. He plays in a really difficult Region 5 with Elk, Holy Innocence, Green Force, Mount Vernon Presbyterian, Wesleyan, W.D. Muhammad. they got Trinity Christian in there now. All these teams that were ranked last year, so they're going to be battle-tested come Class A public, the uh, state tournament. So uh, you got to give it up for the Eagles. That is a very dangerous team, and they're going to be battle-tested, and they're not going to be afraid to go on the road like they did last year when they went to Clinch County, taking a really long drive to Homerville and taking care of business down there. Kyle, I know I let you talk a lot today, but there's a lot of information to get out. These preseason rankings, it's always the first one of the season, obviously, so we have to kind of set the stage so we can track changes and developments as they occur throughout the season. So for those maybe unaware, when are the week one rankings going to come out? Week one rankings, that'll be, you know, after the first games will be played. Now, the first week or two is always a little a little tight because some teams start earlier than others. And then I think it was last year, Cartersville had the thing where, like, they didn't even play till like, early December or something like that. So they were really behind the eight balls. A couple of these football schools are like that. Uh, but the rankings will come out uh, the, on Sundays uh, for the boys. Girls will come out on Mondays. Uh, so Sundays and Mondays, usually Sundays early afternoon around the time of uh, 1 p.m. football kickoff. Uh, so you can expect that. And like I said, the first week is always, you know, a couple teams will have one game played. A lot of those teams will be 0-0, zero and zero, so there's not a whole lot of action to report on. But you know at SandySpiel.com, we will take you through from the opening tip to the final buzzer. We got you covered for GHSA Basketball Unless there is anything else you would like to add, Kyle, I think this will do it for our preseason boys state rankings podcast. On behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.